What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Opinion City Podcast, a professional wrestling podcast where we debate the hottest topics of the past, present, future, and beyond. I'm your host. My name is Ralph Heinmarch, and today we've got a very uh, special episode. We've got a bonus episode for all of our listeners out there. Remember, this podcast is for you, the listeners, so please reach out to us via email at opinioncitypod at gmail.com. And, uh, of course, before we go any further, if you want to support our show, you can follow us at Opinion City Pod on all of the socials. You can find links to everything we do there. Uh, and you can, of course, follow myself, uh, Ralph, at RealRalph316. My co-host, Sean, who uh, is not with us today, you can follow him online at Parma Cheesel. And if you like what you hear, please like, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts and share us with all of your friends. We would love to hear from you. So without further ado, let's hop right into this week's podcast. Actually, this week's bonus episode, as it were. Uh, so today I am sitting here talking to uh, my good friend, Jim Murray, who is a uh, professional wrestling a ring announcer extraordinaire. And uh, we're going to dive into a little bit of, uh, you know, what, what Jim does and, and some of his unique experiences in the wrestling business. So, uh, Jim, welcome to the Opinion City podcast. Uh, thank you. It's great to be here in Opinion City. Ha- thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to, to start off, um, you know, last night we were at a wrestling show together, which was really cool. Um, yes, we, it was. Yeah, we went, we went and saw the LVAC, uh, the Lehigh Valley Athletic Commission. They were putting on a show at the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So uh, we had an excellent time there watching some uh, professional wrestling and some baseball. Yeah, wrestling and baseball, right. My two childhood loves. There you go. (laughs) So you and I have known each other for uh, quite some time now, and uh, but we've never really had a chance to kind of sit down and just, you know, talk about wrestling uh, in, in sort of this this aspect of this arena so um were you were you always a lifelong fan yeah i was a lifelong fan growing up i'm i'm an 80s child so you know i'm a you know i was a hulkamaniac as a kid and uh so yeah i remember uh i remember when i was really little watching it but i i wasn't i was i kind of watched it but uh, you know it was just another thing i watched with everything else but i got really into it around i'm gonna say around the wrestlemania 4 era from from WrestleMania four to like WrestleMania eight, I watched it pretty religiously. And then, I when I got into high school, I kind of got away from it a little bit. And then, uh, uh, Ugly Truth, I was a bit of a closet fan in in the late nineties for about a year or so. And then it was like, I remember my a uh, good friend of mine attended one of the Raws uh, episodes of Raw, and I I like watched that episode back when it was taped, and I watched that episode, and I remember. I distinctly remember seeing like Stone Cold Steve Austin for the first time, like coming down the ramp and just the music and the whole attitude and the trash talk. And, and it was like, wow, wrestling, you know, wrestling really changed. It's really different. Um, so since then, since, since that time, I've, I've, uh, I'll go through periods where I'll watch it a lot and then I'll go through periods where I'll take a break, but, uh, I'm pretty much a lifelong fan. And, uh, I should, I throw my Rick Martell story in there. Yeah. yeah. Go right so, ahead, please. So this is, uh, you know, in my childhood, it was like, you know, we were maybe the last generation that, you know, quote unquote, you know, believed in wrestling. You know, I, I don't want to say the wrong word or whatever, but, you know, you all know what I mean. So my my mother, uh, 
my mother was a sports fan, and she uh, hated wrestling. I'm sorry, but she she was not a fan of wrestling, as a lot of mothers are not. And my mother would say, "Oh, you know, Jimmy, why are you watching this wrestling? You know, that's so you know, blah blah blah, you know." And I remember there was a tag team called Strike Force, and it was Tito Santana and uh, Rick Martel, and they were the tag team champions. And they lost the titles to Demolition. And at some point, Rick Martel took a chair shot. And then he was off TV for like a year. And I, I distinctly remember the wrestling announcers like Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura saying about, oh, Rick Martel, you know, he's got a concussion. And I remember they showed some picture of him with his head in his hands and stuff. And it was like, oh, man, you know, Rick Martel's fighting for his title and he got a concussion. This wrestling's, you know, serious business. And... uh so my, my mother was saying, oh, you know, why are you watching this? You know, they're, they're not really fighting each other and all that. And I said, no, wrestling is real because, you know, if, if, uh, if wrestling, you know, wasn't real, you know, Rick Martel wouldn't really have a, a concussion and, you know, he'd be on TV wrestling. So, you know, they, they must be really fighting. So that was my silver bullet for a while. So. Yeah. Absolute conclusive proof right. that wrestling is real. You That's heard right. it here first on the Opinion City <laughs> podcast. We have proof. Uh, someday, maybe right. we can uh, get Rick Martell on here and we can <laughs> talk about uh, his his conclusive proof that right. wrestling is real. So, right. yeah. Um, so you picked some really good times to be uh, a wrestling fan. I mean, that whole chunk of time in the 80s mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the late, late 90s, the Stone Cold era, all that kind of stuff. Um, just a really good time to be, uh, you know, a, a wrestling fan. And I think a lot of wrestling fans go through cycles where... Right. You know, because right now, for example, there's so much wrestling on TV. Right. I mean, how does somebody keep up with all of that? You know, it's right. on every night of the week, practically. Um, you know, there's just so much to keep up with. And with with indie companies and all the great stuff they're doing, like there's so much wrestling. Right. But that's also a great thing about it, too, is that you have choices. now. Right. You're not just kind of in that pigeonhole of, say, like, I've got to watch WWE because that's right. all there is. But, you know, there's a lot of great uh opportunities out there now um so let's let's fast forward a little bit um so tell everybody a little bit about uh you know what you what you do in real life and your shoot job uh (laughs) my shoot job your shoot job yeah i heard that before listen i've i've heard a i've heard a number of wrestlers talk about like their shoot job indie wrestlers and i'm like that's a cool term i'm like i'm gonna start using that so tell everybody a little bit about your shoot job cool i learned something new today shoot job that's awesome well yes i went to college to be a uh, a history teacher a social studies teacher so uh ralph and i met at bloomsburg university and uh, i was studying to be a history teacher social studies teacher and uh, i ended up teaching in a lot of different places and my my career is you know long and complicated and I just I just finished 20 years of teaching actually so I'm pretty proud of that. Wow, congratulations yeah. on that. That's really yeah. cool. Thank you. And uh so yeah, I'm working on a a book about that actually. Nice. Um, but uh and it'll include some of the wrestling stuff in it. But yeah, what happened was uh years ago uh, I was teaching in Korea, uh, South Korea, and I was really happy there. And then I was back in the States and then the Winter Olympics were going to be in in uh Korea in 2018. And I always liked the Winter Olympics and stuff. And I thought, oh, it would be fun if I can get back to Asia and see that. And long story short, I ended up working in China. Um, and uh, so I worked in China. And then that 2018, I had the winter break and I got to go to the Olympics and all that. So after that, it was like I'd done a lot of things in my life that I 
always wanted to do. You know, the Olympics was a long time coming, and you know, I, I was happy that I got to see that. And I kind of took care of some personal things and some things in my teaching career that I kind of settled and, and accomplished and stuff. And it was kind of like that midlife crisis of like, well, now what? You know. So the city I was living in was uh, called uh, is Harbin in northern China. And there's this American guy, his name's Adrian Gomez, and he started his own wrestling company in, in China called Middle Kingdom Wrestling. And I started going to some of his shows, and I remember Ad- Adrian was in the ring, and he's like, hi, welcome, everybody, you know, welcome to the show. And and as long as I lived in Asia, people complimented my voice. They said I have a good radio voice and stuff. So I just got it in my head. It was like, you know, what am I going to do with my life next and all that? And I just got it in my head that, you know, he needs me. You know, he he needs me to you know, be like, you know, welcome to Middle Kingdom Wrestling, you know. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so I basically kept, heck, you know, heckling, or not heckling, but I was kind of, you know, bugging, harassing Adrian a bit. And he didn't know me, you know. He didn't know if, if I was just some schmo or something or whatever. And sure. I had no, you know, experience in the wrestling business. I never seriously t- thought I'd, you know, be able to help out at a show or anything. But he let me ring announce at one of the shows, and that was really cool. And then, um, but he really needed a Chinese announcer. He needed, you know, because uh, he was trying to build a Chinese audience. So he found a Chinese an- announcer. He's a great guy. He does a great job. But fortunately for me, he kept me on to do, uh, like, interviews. So I was like the, the mean Gene Okerlin. Uh, so I would do interviews with, like, the foreign wrestlers and stuff like that. And some of the Chinese ones, too, sometimes. And then... Since then, I got to do uh, some work for other promotions. I got to, you know, be a bellman for uh, a few promotions. I did inter- interviews for the other guys and stuff. And uh, so, yeah, it's been great. It's been really fun. That's pretty cool. Um, so a- at least one time when you're doing interviews, and this this has nothing to do with anything, but I just have to say this. One time when you're doing interviews, you got to look at somebody off camera and be like, hey, put that cigarette yes. out. <laughs> but yeah, put that thing out. Right. Yeah, uh, that's great. I'm not a smoker either, so no. I can sympathize with that. That's funny. Um, OK, so uh, so Middle Kingdom Wrestling was really kind of your entry into the yes. world of wrestling, your first uh, right. uh, announcing job. Um, so what's it what's it like seeing wrestling in China? What what kind of uh, what kind of differences are there? Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, how is how is it different than than what we would see here, say, okay. uh, in an American show? OK, uh, I don't know if it's too different. Um, I would say asking me that after the top of my head, I would say that they've they've shied away. They don't do s- stuff with like blood. I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't think I've been at any show where they've done any blood. Uh, they've done some extreme stuff, like extreme rules and ladders and stuff like that. Um, but I know it, it is like a new scene. So I know Adrian specifically tried to make a point to like educate the audience of what wrestling is. And I remember before some of the shows, they would do like a demonstration where like two wrestlers would be in the ring and they'd practice, they'd do a couple moves and someone would say in Chinese, like, this is what they're doing. And they would just kind of, kind of explain the audience that the audience is part of the show that they should cheer and like boo for the bad guys and stuff like that. And they would demonstrate like the submission holds and what it means if someone's in a submission and what it means if someone taps out and what it means if someone grabs the rope, then you know, they'd have to break the submission hold. And they demonstrate like the one, two, three, the pin. So they're kind of like, you know, educating the audience in what the uh, just what professional wrestling is. So that's kind of interesting. Wow, that's that's very cool. So. 
um, the people that are like running the organization over there. Let's talk about like Middle Kingdom Wrestling, for right. example. Is is there um, is there like a large contingency of um, say uh, American or English speaking people that are running this, or is it mostly uh, you know Chinese Chinese speaking people? What mm. what what's the scene like? Okay, well, well, I mean, Adrian like is he's like you know the the top guy of Middle Kingdom Wrestling, so mm -hmm. he, you know he calls the shots there. There's um there's other groups in China that have started up. Um, there's uh, closer to where I live now is um, uh, King of Pro Wrestling, and there's like a that's a Chinese run company, and there's there's a few different people that kind of you know call the shots in that. Um, so it's kind of a, a mix as far as that goes. But the wrestling talent there's a mix of Chinese guys and just the in people in the expat community. There's um there's a handful of Americans. There's there's uh, British people. There's um, who else is there? There's a, there's a there was a, a person from New Zealand that I remember. Um, yeah, there's a handful of others, people from other countries and stuff. And they've occasionally pulled in people from uh, from the United States to to come into Middle Kingdom Wrestling shows. I met uh, Zeta Chang. Uh, I might might have said her name wrong. Sorry, but she's uh, she was in NXT, and uh, mm -hmm. she's I think she's Chinese American. I think she's from Virginia. Okay. Um, and then uh, Ray Starr, she's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She's she does a lot of indie shows. I think she's on that Wow, that Women oh, okay. Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she's Very she cool. was over in China twice. So sometimes they bring other people in mm -hmm. uh, from the states and whatnot. And and Japan too. They brought in a few Japanese wrestlers and things like that. So yeah, they bring a mix of people in. So uh, and I've seen I've seen some of Middle Kingdom wrestling, for example, I've seen some of them on YouTube mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, there's there's been English commentary. So mm -hmm. um, is it is it like a big goal of theirs to, you know, uh, present uh, sort of like a worldwide product like mm -hmm. that, something that, you know, people in, in America could see right. in view or or are they really trying to really focus on that Chinese market? Yeah, I think as as best as I know, I think they're focused on building the Chinese audience for right now. Mm -hmm. And and so what's a what's a typical show like over there? Are they large crowds, small crowds? I mean, are we talking like, you know, ECW bingo hall? Are we talking <laughs> like, you know, you know what yeah. I mean? It, it, where what are the crowds like? Yeah, well, it, it's it's a mix. We did uh, in, in COVID was a, a factor in some of that, too, of course. But we had um, there was the first couple of shows I went to. It was it was it was at a bar, but it was like it wasn't like, a you know, a small place. It was like a, a big venue. Where they it's a place they usually have bands and stuff. You can fit hundreds of people in there. Sure. So that's the first shows I saw was that were there. Um and we did a few other places. They did a, uh, they did a Kingdom Rumble event that was like at a, a TV studio, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. And that was a while ago. And then um, during COVID, we had to do like, like some of the other companies did. We did just did a few shows just with like no audience. Mm -hmm. We just like in in studio shows and stuff like that. Um, but now in in China, now that the travel restrictions are finally lifted, um, the the kind of wrestling scenes kind of you know come back and. Uh, I I now live in a in a city in China. It's in the south. It's right next to Hong Kong, and there's a city about an hour away called Guangzhou. And they there's a King of Pro Wrestling's there, and they they did a handful of shows this past spring. And I remember like the first show they had, like for this year, it was the first you know wrestling show that mainland China had seen in a bit. And I th I think there was honestly like a good 400 people there like there was a wow. good crowd there and it was a good crowd of a good mix of chinese and expats 
Um, so, so people are, people that are into that thing, they're, it's, it was exciting to just kind of see it back and be able to go to a live event again and stuff. So that was really fun. Yeah. Um, so, so you'd said that, you know, they're, they're trying to build this, uh, you know, wrestling scene in China. Mm-hmm. They're trying to build the, the Chinese market. Mm-hmm. Um, so is, is wrestling generally a big thing in China is like, say the wrestling we see on TV here, like WWE mm-hmm. or AEW, yeah. are, are those big things or is wrestling really not um, like a massive thing in China? Um, I would say it's kind of in the middle. Like like my students, they all know what wrestling is. They're not they're not all necessarily fans, but like some, you know, some of my students are fans and some aren't. Yeah. But I think they, I think by now they, most people at least know what WWE is. Mm-hmm. I think I would say they probably don't really know what any other groups are. Like that would be on television or anything, but but they know uh they know what WWE is and like you know they know who like John Cena is and and that kind of thing. I sure. I had a student last year that was a Roman Reigns fan. He like he liked Roman Reigns. Wow, very so, cool. Yeah. Um. So with uh with with the wrestling scene kind of being new over there, um. So what would what would an average show like an average indie show uh cost for somebody to go to? Like, uh, what what would it cost oh. them? <laughs> Is it expensive to go to shows? Is it yeah, cheap to I'd, go to I'd shows? I'd have to look up the <laughs> the currency exchange. Actually, I don't. Um, it's I, I don't remember the. Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's very expensive. No, mm-hmm. I don't think they've we got into high end tickets yet. <laughs> okay, so it's so. it's still something that's right. very affordable. Yeah, they're for trying most to do people. it for like so the average you know person can can go to it right. Mm-hmm. So uh, so you're home for the summer. Yes. And uh, you're you're going back. What you said sometime in yeah the end I, of August. Yeah, the end of August I'll be back in China. Yes. So as far as wrestling goes, what are your plans from here? Now I I know you said you got to do some, uh, and I'd seen this online. You got to be uh, the uh, like the ring the bell for yes yes uh, <laughs> what the king of pro wrestling was yes, that who you yes, got to ring yeah, the bell for so. Yeah. Um, you know, moving forward, what are your, what are your plans in wrestling over oh, there? Boy. <laughs> I mean, what do you want to do? Yeah, I just, I just want to help out any way I can. Yeah. I just, um, uh, I know there's, uh, I, I met someone, you asked me about other people from other countries. Mm-hmm. MKW brought in somebody from Vietnam, uh, at one point and he started up his kind of own, uh, wrestling scene. I believe it's in Saigon and, and uh, I really like Vietnam in general, so I I, w- I like to get down there and do a show. Um, and I I want to I like to do uh, Korea again. I'll go back to Korea. Um, in, in Korea, they have a, a couple different wrestling groups. Um, uh, the one of them, uh, Pro Wrestling Society, uh, Tajiri is their champion. Um, and Very I, cool. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. a big I'm a big fan of Tajiri, so I'd like to get back over there and meet Tajiri. That'd be really cool. I never met him before. Uh, but yeah, I just want to help out any way I can and just, you know, learn the business and, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I like to do more interviews and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm always happy to do that. Um, one of my good friends over there is uh, big Sam. He's, uh, he's, I met him through middle kingdom wrestling and he lives in the same city I do. So he and I, we talk about the business a lot and stuff like that. And, um, I have a few other ideas. Um, I'll throw this one out there just kind of like to make myself do it. Um, I'm a <laughs> writer by, uh, you know, I do writing as a hobby, and um, one idea I had was I, I want I, I did start working on it, but then I put it on the shelf. But I had an idea for like a wrestling novel. Um, I want to I had this idea for this. Uh, there's a wrestler and his wife, and they and they travel across the country in like the late '40s in like the territory days and stuff like that. And the end goal is to get to California to uh, 
get on a, a like a one of the early wrestling TV shows. So I'll I'll speak that into existence to kind of make myself do it. So, well, so that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an idea I had. So I want to want to do that. Um, but yeah, and I just uh, yeah, just anyway can you know help out? You know, it's just it's yeah. it's work, you know, but it's fun. So and like like I said, I never dreamed I'd actually be like part of a show or anything like that. So it's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Um, so you talked a little bit about, you know, writing a, a wrestling novel. Mm-hmm. You've done some writing already. Right. Uh, so let's, why don't you uh, okay. tell our listeners a little bit about sure. some of the stuff you've written. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not really wrestling related. But yeah, I I, uh, I self-published a few things a while back. I, I feel like action-adventure stories. And uh, I, fr- I pub- self-published like a Frankenstein novella. It's called Frankenstein, the Illuminatus Complex. And I did a, I did a follow up. that's like a short story collection. that's called Frankenstein: The Last Man and Other Stories. And I met um, uh, I met a few artists. I self published a, a couple comic books like a while ago. Um, I'm a big lifelong comic book fan. Um, I can't really draw, but I I always did the writing. So, and I'm working on a. I met a, a got hooked up with a Filipino artist who's drawn like a web comic for me. So I'm gonna put that on my social media soon. And um. So yeah, I'm always always working on stuff like that. I want to self-publish some more comics and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, like I said, I want to do the wrestling novel, and I'll probably I'll probably end up with a few uh, wrestling uh, other kind of wrestling stories in there at uh, some point. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, it's 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 always neat to be able to uh, you know, see your see your work come to life. You know, when you have these ideas in your head, right. but to actually you know, get them on paper and see right. it come to life. That's, that's really cool. Um, so getting back to wrestling, uh, for a moment here, uh, I wanted to ask you as, uh, as an American, uh, the, living in China. So mm-hmm. do you speak the language? I speak a little bit of it. I've, I've been a bad American that way. I, uh, <laughs> I haven't learned as much as I should have. <laughs> so is it, uh, is it hard for you to, um, you know, like work with these companies or, you know, work with, talent um is there a lot of the language barrier or do you find that a lot of people um usually end up speaking english in in some form yeah and, and the wrestling business in my experience uh, no because uh, i mean partly because like i mean mkw obviously it's an american guy that runs it and um king of pro wrestling the the management that i've talked to they like they speak english and uh all, some of the chinese people they just at least speak a little bit of english if not speak it fluently and then again there's the foreign talent there too so so yeah that hasn't been an issue in the business so much and in this day and age you can translate on your phone and stuff like that so um so it's like you know it's it's a good and a bad thing i guess you're not i guess you're not forced to learn the language uh which is you know good and bad and i guess you know it's one of those things i probably should have learned it more than i did but it's just is what it is yeah. So, li- uh, living in China, uh, what would you say is probably your your favorite thing uh, about living in China, and maybe your least favorite thing about oh. living in China? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, I'll just say, like, just traveling in general. I'd say, like, uh, just just all the get people you diff- get to meet. You know, I made you know I made friends from all over the world. You know, and uh, you know friends from all these different countries, and you get to just broaden your experiences and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, and then but the, you know the flip side is you know you're you're away from home, you're away from family and stuff like that. So there you know there's that sacrifice you make for that. So that's probably what I'd say for that. I always find it interesting when people who live in in other countries and then come to the United States or vice versa, um, 
they talk about uh, the one of the major differences. And I, I spoke to somebody recently who now lives here but lived in Germany before. And they talk about how, like, when we travel here, we travel from, you know, state to state right. and things like that. And over there, it's completely different. They travel, like, country to country right. like it's nothing, right. which I always found fascinating. Yeah. That, like, you could just pick up and, like, travel to another country. Because, I, I mean, we've got Canada and yeah. that's just like, you know, yeah. uh, Canada. Right. And, and then we've got Mexico. But like, that's really all we yeah. have. But over there, everybody just right. kind of hops country to country. Right. Well, yeah. Well, like, I think our country is just so big that like, you know, like, like we're in Pennsylvania. So we, we go to vacation. We go to like down south or out west or something. You know, that's what a lot of. And I think in our country, that's kind of the culture where in Europe, you know, you know, the countries are so close together that it's just it's just easier to hop around from, you know, one country to another and. I live in southern China, so a lot of my and my students are from like well-off families. So a lot of my students, you know, they they've been to like Thailand or they've been to Australia or you know they've been to Europe. Like I've never been to Europe. Um, I had a student the other summer that just went to like I think they went to Paris or something like that. But yeah, this is yeah you're right though. It's totally normal for them to to travel. Like the Chinese are, are pr pretty well traveled. It's it's interesting that you say to me that like uh, you know our our country's so big here because we had a conversation last night and I asked you uh, the city that you live in I said is this a big city is it a small city and like well you know it's not what they would consider big but there's two million people there right. so you know like you live in a city with two million people I don't think Pennsylvania has two million people <laughs> I, I you know I mean that's that's insane to me that you know. And again, you're you're so close to, to Hong Kong. Um, right. You know, have, have you have you been to Hong Kong much? Um, yes, yes, I have. Yeah, there there is wrestling that started up in Hong Kong. Um, I I just I haven't been able to to go to those particular shows. But like uh, my friend Big Sam went, and the other other people I know that uh, uh, they've they've been to the shows in Hong Kong. There's um if anyone watches Middle Kingdom wrestling, there's the the stable and the, their manager Chairman Al. He's uh, he's from Hong Kong. He's he's a good guy. You might see him picking on me on, on, on the videos and stuff, but he's really a good guy. So sorry, sorry to break the kayfabe there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. So wrestling in, in China is would you say it is growing? Do you think there's I think so? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's definitely like I said, this especially, you know, like, you know, obviously COVID just hit everything. But now that the, you know. Now that we're getting back to normal, we're back to normal and such. You know, people are r really excited to see wrestling back, and there's a, you know, I think there definitely is an appetite for it. And um, I know Middle Kingdom Wrestling they they did a big show in Shanghai recently. I I wasn't able to go to that particular show, but I know they did a big show in Shanghai, and they got a lot of press for that. They got a lot of press coverage for that. So yeah, it's a, it's an exciting time. You know, it's a it's kind of like a new growing market. So it's kind of neat to see that. Yeah, it's it's got to be interesting to kind of, you know, see that almost like where it's starting and, and building up and, and to be around when when something like that is really um, growing uh, and building. So um, are there any maybe particular talents you've seen that you've, uh, you know, really enjoyed their work or mm -hmm. anybody that maybe you've made like a, a, a personal connection mm -hmm. over there that, you know, you you've really, uh, you know, uh, enjoyed what they're doing and. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, like I said, you know, it, uh, Adrian, who got me into the business, you know, he, he and I had a lot of long conversations about the business and stuff. He's he's a good guy. And um, my friend, uh, uh, Big Sam, you know, he's he's a, been a good friend to me. He, he lives in the same city I have now, uh, I'm in now. It's called Juhai. Um, 
And like he, so he's in the group with like the stable. So it's like him and Chairman Al and uh, Lady Marie and un- uh, Uncle Money and, and Ash Silva. Um, so I got to meet them and, and talk to them and stuff. And there's yeah, there's a lot of, but I mean, it's one of those things. If I if I name people, I'm gonna forget somebody, and <laughs> sure. then I'm gonna have heat with them. And so sure, but there's so many. One one of them that I got to meet that I had heard of before was a Ho Ho Lun. Um, years ago on NXT, there's um, uh, they did the that cruiserweight tournament. Yes, yeah, the cruiserweight they, classic. Yeah, and they did a short. They did like short videos about the lives of the different people, and they did one on Ho Ho Lun and about how he was like uh, in the scene, like kind of helped start the scene in Hong Kong and stuff like that. And I remember thinking, like, oh, that sounds really cool. You know, it'd be cool to meet him someday. And then, lo and behold, they brought him in for, uh, for a show. I got to meet him a, a couple times actually. Um, so, that, so that was really fun. Um, and like I said, there's it was cool to meet just you know. Like they they have wrestling in the Philippines and um, they have wrestling in Thailand. I got to work at a show in Thailand one time. Um, so that whole part of the world, you know, there's like a you know, there's a Malaysian wrestlers. Um, uh, there's yeah, there's just from from that part of the world. It was cool to meet you know all these different you know, people from these kind of you know new up and coming scenes. So that was kind of fun. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So. That sounds like you know you you've really had uh you've really had a good experience with mm-hmm. uh wrestling over there and you mentioned that uh you were really kind of hoping to meet uh Tajiri at some point mm-hmm. being that he's a champion over right. there now. Um so off the top of your head uh and and this could this could be anybody really but uh is is there somebody in the business that you've always wanted to meet that you've never had the opportunity to meet that you're like this is just one person okay. I'm, I'm dying to meet, you know, before I, I leave this mortal coil. Right. Okay. Oh, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, the first people I think of are like the big names, obviously. I mean, like, like I grew up being the Hulkamaniac. So, you mm. know, I love to meet Hogan, you know, Stone Cold. Um, uh, I like Kevin Owens. I always thought Kevin, like, I remember Kevin Owens from the NXT days when he brought him in and he was like champ right away. Like, I like to meet him. He, he's, he seems like a cool guy. Um, aside, yeah, aside from really big names, I have to, I have to think here, but yeah, Kevin Owens comes to mind. That's a, that's a a big name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, so you mentioned you were a fan of Falk Hogan. mm -hmm. Um, any other, any other wrestlers that are maybe like your, your favorite over the years, somebody maybe other than Hogan, Mm -hmm. uh, anybody you really followed? Right. Uh, well, I was a Tito Santana fan, and like you know, should we, should we tell that story about the solving the mystery? Or? Sure, why not? All let's right. let's do it. Wait, you might we might as well yeah. you know tell the next step in right. the story because yeah. then because then when we have you back uh, in a future episode, right? You know, may hey maybe we maybe we can get Rick Martel yeah. and we can have just a round table right. where we talk about you know the yeah. Rick Martel concussion. Right. So let's yeah. so I'll, let's I'll, tell it. So I'll tell Rick Martel. Yeah, it's all your fault, Rick, Rick Martel. It's all your fault. I believed. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, Ralph here and I years ago, I think it was, I think it was 2017. I think it was the year I went to China that summer they had at the, was the Reading baseball team. I'm sorry. Yes, I forgot the, the name. Well, the, the Reading Phillies, they're Redding uh, Phillies. Yep, minor league yeah. baseball team. Right. So they had a wrestling night and the way they had Tito Santana there to like sign autographs and stuff. And, uh, so, so I was, you know, I, I really liked Tito as a kid. I remember the, the flying forearm and all that. And, um, so we went to the baseball game, and I, I, you get to take your picture with him and get his autograph. So I did that, and I told him the story about my mom and what my mom said, and how you know, how I you know thought, well, Rick Martel had this concussion. So I asked what really happened, and he told me that at the time Rick Mart 
Tell's wife had had uh, taken ill. She she had got some kind of illness, so he Rick wanted to take some time off to you know just to you know take care of his wife and be with his wife, and so that was why that was the mystery solved. So, Very cool. Yeah. See, everything sort everything sort of comes around right. full circle. Yeah. But uh, you know, hopefully, we'll be able to get uh, maybe Rick Martell. Hey, listen. We'll we'll shoot for Rick Martell. We'll shoot for Tito Santana. We'll make right. a whole episode out of it. We'll call it, you know, Strike Force and the mystery of Rick Martell's concussion. <laughs> yeah. We'll have you know special guest Jim yeah. Murray on there. Like we'll yeah. just we'll just do it up. Yeah. Um, so uh, have you other than say Chinese wrestling mm-hmm. uh, in in your days? Have you have you been to many wrestling shows? Have you been to like any big shows? Uh, know, you I, mean in the states or yeah like, oh. like when you were yeah no not really no i just when i was a kid in our in my hometown of shimokan they they came a couple years and i went there but i i never was at a show that was on tv or anything um but yeah my uh, uh andre the giant came to wrestle big john stud at the in in my hometown and uh you know, just for anyone listening like you know i'm from this little small town in pennsylvania so it was like wow i got to see andre the giant and my uh, actually my my dad took me to that and I just not to get too personal, but I, you know, I didn't always have the best relationship with my dad. And it was like that was one of the things like, you know, one of the one of the few things that I could say, like I got to do with my dad. So I, I look back at that. I was like, wow, it's pretty it's really something. And um, and then just that was like 1988, 87. So it wasn't too too long before Andre passed away. So. I look yeah. back at that now and I think, wow, I'm really lucky I got to see Andre. And then uh, I think the neighbor kid and his dad, he took us to see wrestling. Uh, I, think, I think it was the next year. I remember the Bushwhackers were there both years. I got to see the Bushwhackers. Um, I saw Randy Savage and Hacksaw Jim Duggan and uh, a, bunch of, a bunch of guys. I can't remember. I know I know the Bolsheviks were there once. Um, I think it was the, Arn- the Brain Busters wrestled the bushwhackers the one year and i think the bolsheviks the other maybe i can't remember who else i saw but yeah it was that was pretty neat that's uh yeah so for for reference here um you know we uh we the small towns that we grew up in are really um like smack dab kind of around the middle of pennsylvania but honestly in the middle of nowhere um the the only the only real connections i think that we had to wrestling i mean we're about a half an hour away from danville which was uh a big uh a big uh town for uh wwe back in the day and uh we're probably about what i'd say maybe 45 minutes to an hour from Hamburg, which, of course, you know, right. uh, the historic Hamburg Fieldhouse, that's, right. you know, a, a huge thing in wrestling. But, yeah, yeah we were legitimately um, really in the middle of nowhere. I do remember one time I went to a show at the Mount Carmel High School, and uh, Rick Martell was on that show, oh, oddly enough, and uh, he had his uh, he had his spray can of arrogance. Yes, yes, which he, arrogance. Well, he brought to the ring with him, and it was odd that as he was walking to the ring... He didn't really spray anybody with arrogance. Like uh, we were all kind of wondering about that. And of course, I'm kind of young at this point. I was probably like maybe seventh grade or something. And uh, 
one of the one of the kids in the crowd ran up during the match because of course you know it's an indie show so you're close to the ring and everything and um they were fighting somewhere outside the ring and the referee was out there with him so this kid walks up and he grabs the can of arrogance oh no and and he goes to spray it and there was nothing in it oh no it was completely he exposed the business yeah (laughs) yeah it was it was very arrogant of rick martell to come out with no arrogance in his can. that's right man Um, He, he ran out of arrogance so, yeah. Does that mean he was nice during that show? Or I, I guess, uh, you know, he, he used up all his arrogance before he showed up. <laughs> so there was none for yeah. that night. But uh, yeah. yeah, so we, we really live in, in the middle of nowhere. But I mean, to have names like, you know, Andre the Giant and Big yeah. John Stud there. I mean, yeah. that's, that's well, one of the insane. things I regret now is what, when I was in high school, like I, I gave up wrestling. But when I was in high school, The Undertaker wrestled Yokozuna in, in, in my high school gym and I didn't I, I didn't go. And it's like, oh, man. I I sh- yeah, that was yeah. a kicker. And my uh, you said about Danville, uh, my college girlfriend, she she was a big Undertaker fan. She and she had like this Undertaker fanzines. And I think she wrote like undertaker fan fiction and stuff like that oh wow yeah Jeez. and she she went to i remember she went to some show in danville and saw the undertaker yeah very cool stuff yeah. oh another what you said about other shows um another indie show i saw when i was i was living out in, in south dakota sioux falls south dakota and the wrestler um he was in wwe as eugene um oh he, nick dinsmore yeah he's yes. great yeah he he started a promotion um with his his wife his I don't at the time I don't know if she was at the time or, or whatever but she was or is or was Miss South Dakota mm-hmm. and she was the ring announcer and uh, so I got to see one of his indie shows and then um, I met this one of the indie wrestlers his his uh, his name is Vincent his uh, wrestling name was I think Dags uh, he he eventually bought the promotion. I think Eugene kind of got out of the business or he's getting ready to retire or something. Mm-hmm. And Dags uh, brought the promotion and uh, actually saw one of his shows just about a week ago. I was visiting friends in South Dakota last week and it was, uh, now it's called flagship pro wrestling. So I just saw a show there uh, about a week or so ago in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So they got that going on. They got a, a good scene out there. That's really cool. Um, you know, Eugene is a shining example of a lot of times WWE will sort of pigeonhole somebody with a certain gimmick, but you never really know like right. how good that person is or, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he's he's trained people and, um, you know, you just you never really know how good somebody is until you get to see them kind of uh, away from that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to hear that they've uh, they've got a, a great scene out there. So you you lived on an Indian reservation out there, correct? You yes, taught. I, yeah, I was a teacher on the Rosebud Indian Reservation. Yes, the St. Francis Indian School. Go Warriors! So, so did you actually live on the Indian yes, Reservation? Yes, oh, wow. I did. What, yeah, I lived so, right by the school. It was they had like teacher housing for us, so I was right by the school. So, all right. So, what is uh, what is living on an Indian reservation oh. like? Is it is it very different? Is it just yeah, like normal well, the, life? The biggest, yeah, it's 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 just really isolated. It's and the winters can be really rough, but it's like you have to drive, you know. You have to drive so so far to get you know to go grocery shopping and stuff like that. You know, it's you have to drive everywhere to do stuff. So they didn't have a lot of stuff there on the reservation. Yeah, they had like the... a few convenience stores, but like to go to a big grocery store to do your at the time to do your banking and or stuff like that, or just to go to the movies or something like that. You had to you had to drive a good you know forty minutes or so at least. So my my buddy, all now you you. So you brought it up. I'll give a shout to my. Oh, please, my, please do. Yes. I was just about to ask yeah. you about this. So go ahead. Yeah, my, one of my there. best friends out there. I, I just I went to see him. Uh, Native American rap artist uh, Gabriel Nightshield. Check out Nightshield on all, all your streaming platforms. Uh, we used to go. 
I remember we used to drive an hour to go to a pizza hut and then go bowling. That used to be our Saturday night back in the day. Wow. Yeah. Big, uh, big excitement there yeah, at the yeah. uh, reservation. Right. Yeah. Um, so you, so you said you were, you were just recently out there as well. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you got to connect with uh, your your friend again. Yeah, yeah, I saw Night Shield. They did a, a Four Winds Music Festival uh, uh, last Friday. It was, um, and so they had a bunch of different acts and stuff like that. Um, our good friend Jarrell played with his van- band, uh, played for Villains, it was a, a metal band, and then you know Night Shield was one of the headliners. Um, so yeah, he's a good friend of mine. He's been he's been an in- independent uh, rap artist for twenty some years now got a lot of stuff in streaming things like that he also sort of appeared in a dc comic um oh wow there's um oh shoot i can't remember the name of it now but there it was a vertigo title it was it was set on a fictitious uh um native american reservation and there's a scene where uh, uh somebody's driving a car and one of night shield cds is like in the car seat um oh wow that's yeah. really cool so that was back when people yeah. had cds well, we're definitely gonna have to uh, connect with Night Shield. We'll uh, we'll get all his uh, socials out there so everybody can a, check him Jason, out. It was Jason Aaron writes the comic. He's the big name writer for Marvel Comics now, and I, I can't remember the comic's name now. I'm gonna try and look it up on my phone here. <laughs> Technology, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. See, this is what we were this is what we were talking about the other day on uh, our our most recent episode where we talked about. Uh, the road to SummerSlam. See, we are all about education here at the Opinion City podcast. Uh, for those who didn't hear, we had a we had a little bit of a conversation about the uh, the necklace that Roman Reigns wears as the tribal chief. So I, I gave some information about that, and uh, so you got you got some information there for yeah, us. The, all the right. name of the comic is Scalped. Okay, so definitely check that out. Uh, make sure you check out Night Shield as well. Like I said, we'll link to. Uh, all his stuff on on the uh, on the socials there, so you can find him as well. Uh, excellent to get to talk about him a little bit. Um, I know you've you've posted a lot of stuff about him online, so that's that's very yeah. cool. Yeah, I got you. to be in two of his music videos. If you look, check it out on YouTube. Uh, Pieces of me, and um, it's a Spanish word. I'm, I might I might not say it right. Lacona Chi. It's he he did a song with a like a, a Latino. Uh, I he's Mexican or he's a, a Latino rapper. But it's uh, yeah, so he, so I'm in those two videos, Lacona Chi and um, Pieces of Me. See, listen, now you're holding out on me. <laughs> so you should have led the conversation with that. You're like, you know, my my name is Jim Murray, and I am a music video star. <laughs> like seriously, like so so yeah. you're so just you know, let's pull back the curtain a little bit, as yeah. they like to say. Right. So so you've been you you've you've stayed here overnight with me because we went to the wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, we we were even we were even watching uh, like one of the MTV Classic channels with music videos, right. and you still failed to mention to me <laughs> that you are a star of not one but two <laughs> music videos right. that are available on YouTube. Right. Like you're you're a music video star, <laughs> you're a YouTube sensation. You know, now your stuff is gonna go viral. Uh, I mean, people are gonna be searching I you out. I there. is my hype man, right? Listen, that's. <laughs> That's that's what I do, man. Yeah. We we hype it up here on uh, yeah. Opinion City. I want to be in a video for the next uh, rock and roll and wrestling connection, right? There you, yes. <laughs> somebody, somebody get on that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, let's. Uh, you know, there's there's plenty of people out there. Let's 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 get the honky tonk man on the phone. <laughs> all right. We'll get we'll get we'll get him to we'll get him and and Jeff Jarrett and we'll get them all to record a song together there and we we'll go. we'll get the music video. Yeah. We'll we'll be in the music video. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So. 
you are quite the uh, jet setter as it is, yeah. man. You are traveling all over the place. Yeah. Uh, what what other cool places have you been to that you haven't mentioned yet? Oh, uh, you uh, told me yesterday about California. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, when I lived in Korea, I got to go to a bunch of different countries. I got to go through Southeast Asia. I've been to Vietnam and Thailand. I saw some Muay Thai there. Wow. Um, some uh, and, and Laos. Laos is a beautiful country. Uh, I've been to Mongolia a couple of years ago. I I got to see the. I, I didn't really know what what I was looking at. I couldn't really describe it much for you, but I saw a little bit of that the traditional Mongolian wrestling. Um, wow, that's uh, impressive. Korea has this cool wrestling where I I can't remember the name of it, but it's like just traditional wrestling where it's something like you have a rope around each other. I I I think you might be tied together. I think I could be mistaken about that, but there's something about you can only hold on to the to the rope on the other guy around their waist and you have to like like throw them down to the ground oh wow and they they do this sometimes just for fun like by the beach and it's there's this thing where like if you lose then like all your buddies they throw you in the in the ocean <laughs> they throw you in the water yeah yeah but i've been to australia australia's a beautiful country um so you're holding out on me again yeah. now i had no idea you've uh, been to australia I, yeah. that i am jealous of uh, where exactly in australia did you go okay well i i saw the touristy stuff i i i did a trip to sydney uh, and I saw, I took a tour of the opera house and I saw, a, cool. uh, it's like a pop rock band. It's, I might say it wrong. It's called the Whitlam's or the Whitley's. I think it's the Whitlam's. I saw them there. Um, I went to Bondi beach, which is near Sydney. Oh, and, yeah. it, mm-hmm. and then another time I went to, to Melbourne and I hung out in Melbourne a bit. And I, I took a train to this little town called Yuchuka. Uh, it's like a couple hours North of Melbourne because it, the, it sits on the Murray River, so I had to go see the oh, river. Yeah. Right. So I, I saw the river. They have a bunch of steamboats there. They have the oldest operating steamboat in the world. It's called the Adelaide. Um, yeah. I didn't ride that particular one, but I rode some steamboat on the river. Quick quick question. Yeah. While you were there, did they have the greatest steamboat of all time, Ricky Steamboat? No, no, they did not have Ricky Steamboat. No, I'm, he's in, I'm so glad yes, you said that because yes. I, I was dying to make that joke. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Ricky lives in Mooresville, North Carolina, I think. But he was another one of my favorites as a kid. Yeah, I like. Yeah, he's someone I'd like to meet. Now that you there mentioned you go. that before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and I went up to in Australia. I flew up to Alice Springs and I saw the the big giant rock in the middle of the outback. It's called oh. uh, Uluru. Yeah. I saw that. Um, and that was it for Australia. I I did not get to the Gold Coast. I heard the Gold Coast is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I did not get to there, mm-hmm. but um. Well, you went to Bondi. That's the right. same. I mean, that's the same yeah. principle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. Went to Japan a couple times. Didn't see any wrestling in Japan, but I, um, I saw this great uh, Japanese punk band. Uh, they're pretty awesome. They're they're not around anymore, but the singer, uh, she she goes by just her own name, Ryoku. Uh, and oh, she's okay. yeah, she's pretty amazing. That was really cool. And um, yeah, of course China, of course, and. Uh, uh, I was in in Malaysia very briefly, and I, th- I think that's a, I think I think I've been to seventeen countries. So that's incredible. Yeah, or it's maybe sixteen. Uh, yeah, I think I forget now, but I think I've been to seventeen parts of Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> the the Ric Flair of traveling. Woo! <laughs> yeah, how about it? Uh, I I speaking of uh, Japanese, I I went to uh, I went to a concert one time. It was Dope and Mushroomhead, and oh, nice. they had they had an opening band. It was a uh, like a Japanese death metal band. Oh, right. And I believe, and I believe their name was Spamarama. Okay. But I, I, I tried looking them up online one time and I think I found maybe like one 
article that referenced them, but they were amazing. Oh, cool. Dope brought them up on the stage at the end of the show and tried to get them to sing one of their songs with mm-hmm. them, but it it was it it appeared that they didn't have oh, like okay. any English in them. They oh, just okay. were, but they were trying. Uh, right. But they were they were really good. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of I'm kind of jealous of Japan as well. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, someday yeah. I want to learn Japanese so I can go over there and actually see wrestling and cool, you know yeah. I, I think yeah. that would be a fun trip yeah that would be um be expensive though japan's a really fun country but it's it's expensive um i want to say i i saw mushroom head um our, our friend adam that, that had passed away years ago uh he and i went to see i forget what the show was but we saw some show and mushroom head was like one of the openers um that was like you know 20 some years ago now but yeah yeah mushroom head was really cool i remember really liking them Mushroom Head was Mushroom Head was good. The the concert that we were at was super super long. Okay. The Mushroom Head set was crazy long. Yeah. Um and I remember Mushroom Head must have had like 92 people on stage with them. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, there were so band, yeah. There were so many people. That's yeah. like I I saw the Insane Clown Posse one time uh-huh. and the Cottonmouth Kings opened for them and the Cottonmouth Kings had like a hundred people on stage and they had this one super tall guy who was dressed like a mummy and he would just stand in the middle of the stage and dance the whole yeah, time. Yeah. Like he didn't do anything yeah. else. So yeah, lots of people, but, yeah. uh, yeah, we saw them at the crocodile rock in Allentown. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, cool place. Yeah, We saw a lot of shows there. Yeah. So yeah, you've, you've been, uh, you've been all over the world. You've, uh, for, for being a, uh, a, a person from a small town in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. you have, uh, you know, pretty well made good for yourself. You've gone all over the world. Um, so what does the future hold for Jim Murray? Oh Are you? Well, no. <laughs> I here's, afraid of that question. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. So uh, let's let's tell our, our listeners out there, um, you know, what's what's the what's the thought process here? Are you is is China like a long term goal for you? Mm-hmm. Do you plan on staying? Do you plan on coming back? What's uh, yeah, what are I, you looking at here? Right. Yeah. My family was giving me crap about it recently. I I do eventually want to uh, come back and 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 just you know just come back here and stay. I, I do want to be back in the United States. Um, I I have a really good job right now. I'm really happy with the job. So I'll enjoy that while it lasts. Um, but I just you know life is what happens when you make plans. So. I always just kind of take it one year at a time, you know, I'm, so I'm going to do uh, another year at my school and then just kind of see from there. Um, but like, I, I don't, I don't see myself, you know, staying there forever. If, even if I do stay a little bit longer, I, I don't see myself staying there like, you know, for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yes, but at some point I, yeah, I do want to just, you know, come back and um, I want to be back in the scene in the States, you know, I want to get back to like, a few like a while back I was doing comic book shows when I self-published those books and I was you know hitting that pretty hard and then you know I ended up going back overseas so like I want to go back into that scene and stuff like that and you know just invest in a few things I you know I got a few ideas and stuff but yeah I I do eventually want to settle back down here but yeah I kind of like you know I kind of like you know you have a plan but you have to be adjusted at the same time too um I didn't think I'd stay in Korea as long as I did. I didn't think I'd stay in China as long as I did, but you know, you know, you just, you just have to roll with it. So, um, but yeah, just, you know, long answer or whatever, but yeah, I, I eventually do want to come back to America and stay here. Awesome. Very cool. Well, uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a fun time getting to talk to you a little bit about, uh, wrestling and some things that, uh, you've, you've been involved in. So, uh, 
thanks for joining us on this uh, bonus episode. Thanks for uh, giving us some of your time while you're here in the Yeah, thanks for having States. me. If I, if I could plug my, my blog, it's, it's Well, not, please do. Yeah. Tell us where people can find right. you. Yeah, it's, it's not really too wrestling related, but I have a blog. It's uh, I have some fiction and some other writing on there. I, I, I have a few wrestling things on there. But anyways, hardcoalstudios.com. I'm from the coal region, so, you know, Hard Coal, H-A-R-D-C-O-O-A-L, Hard Coal Studios. So I have that as a, a blog site. That's also my social media. Um, I got off Twitter because I feel like that's a dumpster fire. But <laughs> well, but, it's uh, a, well, it's yeah. a good thing you did because yeah. it's not even Twitter anymore. I know. It's it's the X. Right. So it's, you know, is it CM Punk's uh, social media service now? Oh, <laughs> listen, uh, he's. I can't wait until he sues over that. All that's right. gonna be that's gonna be great. I that's want. That's why I put the X on the title. Right? I want him to announce <laughs> the lawsuit in the middle of a collision, right in the middle of the ring. Right. But anyway, I'm on Instagram. I I really found out like Adrian from Middle Kingdom Wrestling. He suggested I get on Instagram years ago, and I just mm-hmm. I find I just really enjoy Instagram. It just seems like everyone's having a fun time on there. So I'm on Hardcore Studios at Instagram. I also have a, a Hardcore Studios Facebook page. But yeah, uh, check out my Instagram and uh, uh, you know check out my blog, and I'll hopefully now that I've I've said it, you know I'll get that wrestling novel out and. We'll yeah. see how it goes. So your uh, and and your novels and and your comic books. Uh, is there somewhere people can buy stuff from you? Do you have links on yeah, your on, website? On the, on the blog, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, make sure you check out hardcolestudios.com. Make sure you follow Jim on uh, on the socials. Hit him up on Instagram. I'm sure he would love to uh, hear from our listeners as well. Um, so again, Jim, thanks for uh, joining us today. Yeah, thank you. And we want to thank all of you for listening to this bonus episode of the Opinion City podcast with myself and my special guest today, professional wrestling ring announcer extraordinaire, Jim Murray. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll uh, join us and follow us, like us on all of the socials at Opinion City Pod. We hope you'll pass that along to your friends and colleagues, and please make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Music, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, please be sure to give us a review. Uh, Also, be sure to check out our previous episodes and let us know your opinions on our previous topics, as well as uh, everything we've discussed here today. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we are definitely now on Threads. We used to say we were maybe on threads, but looks like threads is going to stay around for a while. So we are definitely on threads and you can find us at Opinion City Pod. This has been a ManCast Network production and we will see you next time.